How good's a Friday? So Ben, this is Bunty of Fourth, I'm waiting for Warriors. I hope you're doing well, brother. There is Sean Stevenson, the step breaking Stevenson. Out the back, Bergen, out wide. Good sir. North Dutch score out wide, fantastic try. Oh yes, boy. Yeah, g'day, silly talk sports, Rita here. Hey guys, Silly Talk Sports here and welcome back to another episode, season four, episode 13 and boy, a fizz levels high at STS HQ following the news, Sean Johnson is returning home to Mighty Mount Smart, but we'll touch on that a little bit later. Of course, as per usual, we're going to preview and review the week's sporting action, touch on the old Super Rugby Trans-Tasman up the mighty blues. Then we're going to talk some God's Game, SJ signing, and a bit of State of Origin chat. Then, of course, your mighty Black Caps after that historic win, grassroots footy, a bit of my magic multi, and then the Q&A to wrap things up. But, of course, a big weekend last weekend. Got to get some weekend chat out of the way first. Again, congratulations, Rich Mayhew. Played his 100th game for the Mighty Coat. And then, boy, did we send it off the field. Absolutely celebrated the old dog in true North Coat style. Also happened to be club night. So huge fizz and a great night for some coat culture. Priscilla, queen of the coat. Saw all the newbies dressed up as lasses, putting in their best shifts to win their teams the almighty bar tab. Boy, does a bar tab bring big fizz. And then following that, a packed dance floor upstairs and a great celebration for a big milestone. So once again, congratulations to Rich. Hope you enjoyed your 100th, mate. And hope you enjoyed absolutely sending it post-game just as much. A big weekend ahead as well, off-field. Actually heading down to Wellington, the old COVID capital Whole bunch of us heading down, actually. Murphy and Emma's leaving do. So huge fizz for that. Can't wait to rip into some Waitakere Dakeries down there in Welly, level two. Low fizz for that, but big fizz for what should be a great shindig. So shout outs to you, Murph and M, Upper Hutt's finest, and looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night. Can't beat Welly on a good day, and up yours to COVID. Right, Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, and I've been saying it all year, but up the Blues, they will not lose, and will not lose, they will not. The boys have done it. The first championship for the Mighty Blues franchise in 18 years. The trophy cabinet at Eden Park is getting a new addition. 23 points to 15. The boys from Auckland came away with the win from the men from the deep south. And shit, she was touch and go for a while there. 13 to 6 at halftime, the Blues took the lead into Oranges. And boy, did the Landers get fizzed on some vitamin C. They came out the gates in the second half strong and took a 15 points to 13 lead with 13 minutes to go. And she was squeaky bum time for Blues fans. Bums on the edge of seats, it's fair to say. A packed Eden Park crowd literally chewing fingernails. But then Harry Plummer, and what has to be said, probably his best shift in a Blues jersey, put in a massive finish 
to the game. Two crucial nudges from him and a Blake Gibson try. Saw the Blues boys get the lollies and well and truly celebrate a famous victory. And no doubt she was a big Sunday Monday for the franchise as well. Of course, win or lose on the booze, but when you win a chip, you got to absolutely send it for the next few days. No doubt the likes of Sam Nock, who I have it on good authority, the team's party boy, no doubt he was well and truly in the mixer for that one. But overall, a massive shift from the Blues and a bloody good season from them, it must be said. Good to see them get the dub. First time in 18 years, we've had a bit of silverware. So fingers crossed the boys can carry that momentum into Super Rugby next year. Of course, the great RTS joining the team, which adds massive fizz as well. But huge result for the boys. Up the blues, they will not lose. We are the greatest Super Rugby franchise in the world. But of course, the big news for today, the mayor of Mount Smart, the prodigal son, the chosen one, our greatest ever point scorer, Sean Johnson, has signed on for 2022 and 2023. He will be back in the mighty Warriors jersey, that crest on his left hit, back at Mount Smart, putting in an absolute shift for the boys, and boy, Am I excited by this news? A massive signing for the club, and he is just what we need. Playing some amazing footy for the Sharks at the moment. He's in great form, has them on a little win streak since he's been returning from injury. Still has the razzle-dazzle and the playmaking abilities of old, and then a great kicking game, which will really help us finish off our sets. And he has a passing game and try-assist game like no other in the comp. So shit, what an asset. He is going to be for us moving forward. And to be fair, it just hasn't been right seeing old SJ in any other colours other than the Warriors. So this is bloody good to see. Johnson and Walsh, boy, does that have me fizz for next year. Excited to see those two play together. Both got razzle-dazzle, both glamours off the field as well. So no doubt the ladies will be fizzed to see these two pair up. And you have to think, old Shawnee, is really going to bring the best out of Walsh. I'd love to see RTS backflip on his signing for next year. The Blues, they're already winning without him. The All Blacks, they don't really need him. They're being greedy. RTS, might be time to start an old Surly Talk Sports petition to keep Roger at the Warriors. Imagine SJ, Walsh, RTS, almost too much razzle to handle. But boy, would that be great to see. And I have no doubts that trio would bring a much-needed premiership back to Mount Smart. So massive news for the club, and I'm excited to see him go about his work next year. But of course, looking ahead to this weekend, and she's State of Origin, Game 2, Sunday night, taking place at Suncorp Stadium. And this one should be an absolute beauty. Of course, Reese Walsh, he's been pulled into the Queensland side in the one jersey, 18 years old, debuting in State of Origin after seven games. He is the second most inexperienced player to ever play State of Origin. So this is a massive game for the young kid, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles the game's biggest stage. For the Mighty Blues, only the one change, Angus Crichton, he comes into the mixer off the Rimu. 
probably the form second rower of the competition. So that is bloody great to see. And to be fair, I don't see much changing on the field in this fixture either. I think this Blues side still going to be well and truly too strong. Tommy Trevojevic absolutely running amok at the moment. Same as Latrell, Cleary and Luai, another dominant performance last weekend in the NRL. They are absolutely firing on all cylinders, and I think they're just going to have too many threats all across the park once again. For Queensland, Big Papali, he'll be a massive inclusion into that forward pack, and I think you're going to see a much better performance from the likes of Cam Munster and Daly Cherry Evans in the halves as well. I also think Reese Lightning has the potential to add something to this team. He's just so energetic. He brings that flair and X factor in the one jersey, and you never quite know what to expect when Reese Lightning has the ball. But overall, I hope Reese plays well. It would be great for his confidence if he can put in a big performance at state of origin level. But I think New South Wales, too strong. I'm backing them 13 plus. I'll go Tommy Travojevic, anytime try scorer as well. He'll probably grab a double. Nathan Cleary, man of the match. Get in on that one. Should be paying good odds. Up the mighty fucking blues. We will not lose. Rugby, rugby league. We are the dominant colour. And I look forward to seeing the boys rock up at Suncorp Stadium in front of another hostile Queensland crowd and the boys just putting on an absolute clinic and sending the series to 2-0. So a big up yours to those Queensland fans listening and up the mighty blues. It is our year. Ba-da-da-da-da. Ba-da-da-da-da. Right, time now to talk some World Test Cricket. And holy shit, what a performance from the mighty Black Cap. And what a result. She really was backs against the wall cricket. The gods weren't playing in our favour. Rain delays had it looking like a result was nigh on impossible. But backs against the wall cricket and the Black Caps stood tall to pull off a famous victory in what is one of our greatest ever sporting achievements as a nation. And certainly one of the Black Caps' greatest ever achievements, it must be said. New Zealand winning the World Test Championship by eight wickets smashing the Indians and doing the impossible. And holy shit, what a night of cricket she was on Wednesday. Almost unbelievable stuff. And look, the New Zealanders, we started off bowling India, heading into the day at 60-odd for two, and the Black Caps had a mountain of a job ahead of them. Some were saying impossible, but then early doors, Kyle Jamison gets... Virat Kohli out, 71 for three, and I flicked a few mates a message and said, fuck me, we're on here, boys. Bums on seats, tune into this one. Got a feeling she's going to be an absolute beauty, and an absolute beauty she well and truly was. Bolt, Southey, Wagner, Jamison, all taking wickets to topple the Indians for 170 in what was an extremely impressive bowling display. The boys were getting the old red pill to swing 
and the Indians were crumbling under the pressure. Then the Black Caps coming in, needing 139 runs to win. Latham and Conway adding 33 runs before Latham departed. Then Conway departed a few overs later. But then cometh the hour, cometh the men, Captain Kane, Ross Taylor, the trusty duo put on a 99-run partnership and ensure that the Black Caps come home with the W. 140 for two. The boys pissing in the end. And happy days. Celebration central. The boys are world test champions. And shit, you can't help but get behind this Black Caps side. They're a team that plays with the utmost respect for the game. They're always humble. They're bloody good sportsmen and they just go about their work. They seem to be one of the most loved cricket sides, if not sporting sides in the world. You never hear a bad word about them. Captained by Kane Williamson, who really does lead from the front. And then you got the likes of Salvi, Taylor, Bolt, all exceptional cricket players and exceptionally good New Zealanders. But you can't help but being over the moon for these blokes. And shit, what a period of cricket New Zealand is currently going through. And it's a sport that at times doesn't get the recognition it deserves. India, one billion odd people. New Zealand, five million odd people. She really was a David versus Goliath battle. But the boys brought it home. And boy, are we a force to be reckoned with in all versions of the game now. We're currently the number one ranked ODI, number one ranked test, and number three ranked T20 team in the world. So we're absolutely dominating across all three games. And New Zealand cricket fans need to enjoy this rich period and this current crop of players because, boy, are they absolutely delivering across all formats. So up the mighty Black Caps. Couldn't have been happier and prouder for them to get the W they deserve. Commiserations to the Indians. Full credit to them. They were bloody good sports as well. And, of course, up yours to Tim Payne, the Australian captain, who said that India were going to be well and truly strong. He said they were a class above us and that we were going to get demolished. So up yours, Payne. Hope you enjoyed watching that from the couch. And up the mighty Black Caps. What a win. What a performance. And what a team. Huge fizz. And how good are some caps. Right, time to talk some grassroots footy. And of course, say it every week. Without the roots, there is no tree. And without the ladies in the kitchen, grassroots footy would not be possible. And shit, she's coming to the business end of the season. She was round 12 last weekend and some massive performances, it must be said. Takapuna absolutely put Kumu to the sword, righting their wrongs from round one. They came away with the win, 61 points to five. Then Glenfield, huge win for them over Maharangi, their first win of the season. She was a battle of 9 v 10, but 10 got the win. Glenfield, 19. Mahu, 18. Massive fizz for that. Then North Shore, they hosted Massey down there in Devonport. Bloody tight game as well. 20 points to 19. North Shore came away with the win. And then Silverdale, they beat East Coast Bays up on the coast. 17 points to 10. A big win for them. But of course, the game you were all interested in, the STS feature match, excuse my voice, 
She's breaking every so often, still struggling with the Doolins flu. But of course, she was Northcote 23, Marist 22, in a real nail biter of a clash, it must be said. And of course, touched on it many times Rich Mayhew's 100th game. The boys were fizzed, but boy, did Marist take it to us. Massive forward pack, physical side. And they really did have us in sixes and sevens at times. The boys were scrambling. But in the end, came away with the dub, which was bloody good to see. And a well-deserved victory in the end, especially for the old dog. So I was bloody relieved to get the W. Also managed to grab a meat pie. They're few and far between this season. So I'll absolutely take them when I can. And boy, was I fizzed. For that one. So overall, a great day at the graveyard. A good crowd as well. Always bloody good to see the Northcote faithful turn out and get the zoo humming at our last home game before finals footy. Which, of course, leads us into this week. And she's the final round of the North Harbour Premier Competition. Round 13. And we've got four teams still in playoff contention fighting it out to make the top six. We've got North Shore, Takapuna, Northcote and Silverdale all guaranteed are playing finals footy. And then you've got Marist, Massey, Kumu and Bays still to go at it, hammer and tong. So she really is all set up for a bloody exciting finish to the competition. And it must be said, she's been a heck of a competition this year. So shout-outs to Harbour and shout-outs to the teams. Every week there's been bloody quality games, which is what you want to see from your grassroots footy. So this week, some big matchups. We've got Takapuna hosting Glenfield. You'd have to think Taka well and truly get the win there, but anything is possible in the great game of rugby union. Then a massive game at Kumu. You got the home side hosting Silverdale. Kumu need to get the win there to keep their playoff hopes alive. So they'll be chucking everything at this one. Then you got Bays hosting Shaw at East Coast, but at Windsor Park, Bays again, another side that need to win, taking on the top of the table team. So that'll be a bloody beauty at Windsor tomorrow, Arvo. Then you got Maris taking on Maharangi. Maris, you'd think five points for that one and a crucial five points for them in the scheme of things. So they'll be looking for a dominant display there. And then, of course, as per usual, your feature match for the week, it is Massey hosting Northcote at Moya Park. Massey currently sitting in sixth, two points ahead of Kumu. They need the dub in this one, especially if Kumu are going to get up. And for the coat, she's our final hit out before finals footy. So boy, would we love to get the win. So the stage is set for a big day tomorrow at Moya Park. Should be an absolute beauty. So get on down if you're not up to much. Would be bloody good to see you there. And hopefully the boys in maroon and gold can put in a big shift to round out the season and take some momentum into what should be a bloody exciting week of finals footy over the next three weeks ahead. Right, time for the old Magic Multi. And again, unfortunately, last week she fell short, but I did have a big win, actually. So shout-outs to the TAB and shout-outs to the Manly Seagulls. Did the old same-game multi on them, 10 bucker. Won myself 430, so that's huge fizz and really does keep the segment going. So looking to ride the wave 
continue the form two in a row would be fucking magnificent. And for this week's multi, of course, I've gone the mighty state of origin and heavily backing the mighty New South Wales Blues to put in another massive shift. So I've gone New South Wales minus 14 and a half for the fix the win on the line. I've gone Nathan Cleary, anytime try scorer, Tommy Travojevic, anytime try scorer. You can chuck the house on that one. And then I've also chucked in Kurt Capewell as an anytime for the Queenslanders just to balance her out and keep those maroon dogs happy. $10 on that, a respectable $326. So that would be massive fizz. And fingers crossed, we can finish off Sunday night with another bloody W. So jump on that if you're keen on a win. If not, big up yours from me, and happy punting anyway. Right, time for everyone's favorite segment, the old Q&A. And we got a couple of rippers here as per usual, so let's get into them. The first one comes from Ethan Hunt, and he says, is Munster only great when playing with a good attacking fullback? And look, that's a fair question there, Ethan. Of course, Cam Munster, one of the premier halves in the NRL competition, didn't have a great game in State of Origin Game 1, but then once he was back playing for Melbourne, absolutely tore it up. So I can see where you're coming from. And to be fair, I think most halves really do stand out when they're playing with a great fullback. You think of the likes of Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater, then Cooper Cronk and James Tedesco. You think of Trevojevic and Daly Cherry Evans, Adam Reynolds, Latrell Mitchell, all those premier halfbacks do have a great player in the one jersey. And of course, Munster at club level, surrounded by the likes of Pappenhausen and Nico Hines. So while it is a massive asset to have a superstar in the one, I truly do think that Cam Munster is one of the premier halves in the NRL and in rugby league. And for me, he really is an X-factor player where you just don't know what you're going to get from him. And he seems to make... The plays that look like 50-50s, he seems to pull them off extremely frequently, which for me is the sign for a player who is a class above. So while Munster failed in game one, I think he really will put in an improved shift in game two. Interested to see how he pairs up with Reese Walsh. That will be something to keep an eye on. But overall, Munster, I truly think a quality player and one of the best halves in rugby league. So cheers for your question there, Ethan. Bloody good to hear from you. The second one, it comes in from one of the greats of the maroon and gold, future captain and current heartthrob of the team, Harry Dodds. And he says, Surly, what's your pre-match brekkie? You are my favorite player. And look, cheers for the compliment there, Dodsy. Straight back at you there, mate. Seeing you in maroon and gold really does get my heart fluttering. Look, in regards to the brekkie, I like to keep her simple around here, mate. Usually go for the old breakfast smoothie and oats combo. In the old smoothie, just chuck in a banana, couple scoops of protein powder, a cheeky tablespoon of Pix peanut butter as well. Really does drive the cost up. That Pix, she's not cheap, but shit, she adds another dimension to the smoothie. Blend that all up and enjoy that alongside a bowl of oats. That'll keep you going for hours. Really line the stomach and have you prepped to pull on the maroon and gold jersey 
and put on a massive shift. Shout outs to you, Dodzy, mate. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Always does make my Saturday, and no doubt you'll be rocking up in your number ones, ready to rip and tear. And the final question, she comes in here from a long-time listener and long-time question asker as well, it must be said. One of the greats, Georgia Reak, of course, mother to the great Olive, the official baby of the podcast. So great to hear from you, Georgia. And she says, who would you back in a run it straight, Kimbo Slice or Tazza? And look, you have to think this is in retaliation to Kimbo's question last week where she asked who would win out of Georgia and Danny. This week, we've got Kimbo and Tazza. And this would be a heck of a matchup, it must be said. Tazza definitely has the height advantage on Kimbo, but Kimbo, what she lacks for in size, she makes up for an aggression and pure will to win. She really can be a fiery customer, especially when she is at Harvey, right? So how I see this one playing out, I think Tazza will wind up from the back fence as she's steaming in. She'll let out her trademark, what a do, baby. And then, boom, perfect tackle technique. Kimbo's always preaching it, cheek to cheek, her cheek on Tazza's butt cheek. Textbook, chop tackle, gets up, chops a bottle of Montana Rosé. Kimbo and Tazza shake hands, share a celebratory vape and enjoy a massive night on the steam together at the Mighty Coats. So unfortunately for you, Tezza, I'm backing my wife, the great Kimbo here, for a famous victory after a big chop tackle. But no doubt you would both celebrate it with a huge night, a super Sunday, and then a magic Monday, which would be well and truly huge fizz. So great to hear from you there, Georgia. No doubt you're practicing running into brick walls getting ready for the big day when you take on Danny Robinson. Plenty of shit talk being thrown in the mixer from both of you. So that should be a heck of a clash and one that I'm looking forward to seeing happen in the near future. Right, that's all we have time for this week. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If not, as per usual, a big up yours from me and thanks for listening anyway. As per usual, up the mighty coat. Taking on Massey this weekend, huge shift. Hope to see you there. And of course, up the mighty New South Wales Blues. They will not lose 13 plus. We're going to pump the Maroons. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening. That was Surly Talk Sports. How good.